Plus, I don't know about you. That's a great fucking song. So we're starting over, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ryan, where do you stand on titties out at the World Series? Yeah. Titties out at the World Series, big fan. <laughs> All right. I've, I've since changed my opinion. Maya, you've morphed. Yeah. yeah. All titties all the time is, is what I always say. A couple say. of trannies at a Venus songs, and uh, couple, here you are. A couple yeah. of trannies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a party. A <laughs> couple, couple of chicks with dicks, I'm all right. The shooters are all gone. No yeah. lie. Okay. This As is, is the lipstick. This is a real story. Um, so you're aware of my Uncle Dave? Of course, yeah. Where he was undie? Yep. Um, and his passion for Toto. And growing his own weed? Yeah. Uh... So he ran, I don't know if he still does actually, probably on the side, he ran a computer um, repair business out of his, out of his house called, uh, uh, Christ, DP Computers, maybe? Emphasis on the DP. Yeah, yeah double punish <laughs> for sure. Um, and he's really good. He, he, he doesn't know dick about Apple computers. He can kind of figure it out, but like... Your laptop right now, so yeah. different than this. Compl- Hardware-wise, oh, yeah. totally different. And mine's ancient at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, but he, you give him a, a regular PC that's not Apple-created, he can figure out how to yeah. fix it. He knows how to delete all your cached porn searches. Yeah, all, all that. the files. That's yeah. a good segue <laughs> yeah. to what I'm getting yeah. to. <laughs> There's this one guy who would not leave him alone to repair his computer, his laptop. And uh, over and over again, he was like, dude, you got to fucking <laughs> fix my laptop, right? Uh, I'm probably butchering this story. He would tell it better. But um, finally, uh, my uncle Dave was like, fuck it, fine. Just bring it over and leave it, and I'll see what I can do. He had fucked this computer because of porn so bad that it was, like, not operable anymore. <laughs> okay? It was bad. And, uh, yeah, that's when you're watching some deep stuff. Yeah. yeah, he he didn't live close. He left it for him, and, and Dave worked on it for a while, and they went back and forth about pricing for, like, he had to order uh, parts on eBay and shit like that and replace it. And uh, <clears throat> he, um, when he was fixing the computer, he found that this guy had a ridiculous amount of, like, saved porn. And all of it was, um, like, transvestites. It was all, like, chicks with dicks. Like, that was all What? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> we, we were terrified. I was with him when this guy came to pick it up. Yeah. That, that one day he, sh- he showed up to come get it. <laughs> and, like, we'll always remember that guy as the guy that was infatuated with, uh, like, tranny porn. His face is burnt into your yeah, memory. Not now. that there's anything wrong with that, but no. um, it was just funny. We're all women on the inside. Every time uh, Dave and I get together, one of us references Paul, and like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, like even when I saw him uh, when I was, I went up to. Actually, my uncle came down here, and we drove out to Eaton Town together to go see Toto. Um, even when we got to the hotel, I was like, what time is Paul showing up? <laughs> like, what, when is this going to turn into a real party when we uh, get some fucking hooker transvestites? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it, it'll always be a running joke between us. It was really, really funny. Um, I don't remember where I was going before that, but... Uh, Just that we're back. Yeah, yeah we're back. Round two. Uh, we, we back. Hashtag Ryan Talks Rock. Uh, 
if if I don't, I'm, I'm sure I mentioned it enough. But if you want to contact me, uh, if if you want to be a part of this conversation, uh, is I'm going to try and do this weekly now that Bus is back. He just moved back to uh, town. He's not all the all the way out in Lambertville where he was. He's he's back in Easton, so. Uh, He's going to be on as regularly as I can uh, convince him to be with, with his podcast. And um, send me my paychecks via FedEx. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really want to grow this thing. So if you want to uh, telephone, tell a friend, tell a wrestler, uh, <laughs> hit me up. Ryan Talks Rock on Twitter and uh, Ryan Talks Rock at Gmail dot com as well. As yep. well, yes. Um, if you want to find me, if you want to tweet at me, if you want to suggest anything with the podcast, you want us to talk about anything in particular, I am your guy. I will hear you. I will make that request happen. If uh, one of the eight listeners that I have uh, feels... <laughs> <laughs> and if any of you want to get your dick real, real hard, you got to try this. Blue Chew. That's B-L-U-E. <laughs> <laughs> Viagra is a thing of the past. Yeah. You want a chewable version of uh, uh, if you have ED. If you don't have ED, uh, you, you're going to want blue chew. All right, listen. If you sign up with my promo code, uh, Ryan's a fucking asshole. <laughs> no, rye bone. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're trying to rye bone tonight, <laughs> if you're trying to wang chung, you're going to want some blue yeah. chew in your life. Okay? It's not for people with ED. It is for people <laughs> I can never read an ad for this and not yeah. lose it. Um, yeah, it's not for people with just erectile dysfunction. It's also for people that just want to improve their game. And Eric Bischoff has said on his podcast eight three weeks that there's no shame in his game, and he is uh, using Blue Chew because of uh, how great uh, a product it is. And uh, if you just want to go that extra mile in the sack. <laughs> If you want to get that extra nut in, <laughs> you're going to want Blue Chew, all right? They're your friends, they're our friend, and uh, Blue, yeah, Blue Chew is here to stay. Uh, the, the best male-hand product on the market, as far as I'm concerned. I haven't used it because uh, I haven't touched a female body. <laughs> 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 they, uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> shockingly enough, <laughs> females do not uh, frequent my establishment. <laughs> so, yeah, the only chicks that come here are here to fuck myself. Um, I haven't tried blue chew. Uh, I'm very intrigued, but as far as I know, it works like a charm. So, um, keep that little tidbit in your back of the pocket. <laughs> Oh, man. It was a rocky <laughs> second half of the podcast. Um, <laughs> we have to get Blue Chew as a sponsor now. I mean, Jesus Christ, what's holding yeah. us back? You know, we got Paul Cole, we got Dawson's Creek, we got Blue Chew. Um, it's all I, we need, yeah. I had one sponsor at one time, and I've since uh, denounced any mention of my <laughs> name. So, uh, shockingly enough, yeah. Is that legitimate? Yeah. They pulled the plug on you? It was like a short ad read. Yeah, I remember that, yeah another podcast so it didn't last long but uh i have made like six dollars hey in terms of revenue with podcasting so hey that's we are two-thirds of a pack of menthols yeah. <laughs> yeah we're non-profit until we're not <laughs> okay <laughs> the name of the game uh yeah welcome back to ryan talks rock like i said before if you want to hit me up on twitter that'd be great i would love to 
hear any sort of feedback at all. It's been radio silent <laughs> <laughs> a long time. It's been a cold winter, as they say. Um, <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> Yeah, the touch of a female is uh, a feeling I do not remember. Uh, there's been a lot of... <laughs> Brandon's going to throw up me so uh, out, of his, out of his skin right now. Um, Somebody respect the passion this man has. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to create a Bumble page, finally. I, I feel much better using... <laughs> I'm going to create a Bumble profile. I'd feel much more comfortable if you talked first. <laughs> if you start the conversation, I'll weigh in later about X-Men. And uh, we'll never have sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Big X-Men guy. <laughs> big, uh, big abstinence guy as well. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> I know all my friends are going to love him. <laughs> everyone else is going to be like, this guy's a fuck. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure Brandon's gonna have a heart attack. Oh we're gonna God. have to move on. Um, yeah, we're good. Uh, not that long ago, I was thinking about recording this, and I decided <laughs> Brandon's gonna step away. He's gonna get a breather. He's gonna get a beer. Uh, we're gonna come back. Brandon, if you want to grab me a beer, oh, I got gotcha. you. Brandon Brandon's. Yeah, you can hear him playing again. <laughs> there we go. Here's what a problem right. sounds like. <laughs> That's the sound of a problem in stereo. Um. One of the things I, uh, I actually decided this, like, on a whim. Uh, when I knew I was going to have Brandon on, I decided uh, I wanted something topical. Now, last episode, we did the uh, the, the album Rewind. It was uh, Rybone's record, Rewinds. And that is something that I will continue next week when I do this again. And we will take a deep dive into Foo Fighters' um Kind of a, a, a return record with There Is Nothing Left to Lose, which um, I'm glad it's an anniversary coming up for it, which just actually it just happened. It's uh, the 20th anniversary of that record coming out. <clears throat> this is the inaugural uh, announcement. Yeah. You haven't said this no, yet. No, this is okay, the first yeah. time I thought of it. Um, I got did you have this planned, or did you just say that right now? No, I said it right now. Okay, nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got the update from Ladwire on my phone that this was the anniversary coming up, and usually I just swipe right and get rid of them, because uh, m- most of the time it's like, oh, my chemical romance is fucking 10 year anniversary, and I'm just like, whatever. Fucking hey, they're coming I, back. I did listen to it, okay? I did listen to right. the Black Parade, and I did like it, so just let that be known. Um, I am not unchangeable. <laughs> to any woman who's listening, I can be saved. <laughs> I can be fixed. <laughs> I can be saved. We gotta, we gotta play yep. some sense of That's just, absolutely. Um, it ties in 2004, Ryan. Yeah. Which is where yeah. you're trying to go. Yeah. Um, I'm stuck in a coma. I'm stuck in a never-ending Um. Yeah. The anniversary of "There's Nothing Left to Lose" is here, and. Uh, not only is it a pivotal record for the Foo Fighters, because it got them back on the map after they had... A, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the uh, the Foo Fighters documentary Back and Forth, but it's probably the best documentary ever made. I believe it's on Netflix, it correct? Is, yeah. uh, last time I checked. I also own it, 
if anyone wants me to let them a copy. Um, if you'd like to tweet at me at Ryan Stalkrock. <laughs> yeah, tweet at me at Ryan Stalkrock. Tell me where you live. And yeah. I'll, uh, I'll become your best friend. Um, I'll be your Huckleberry for a while. Um, not only is it <laughs> a pivotal record for them, uh, in my opinion, it's their best record. Uh, it was made in Dave Grohl's mom's basement. And they wrote that album based on the fact that everything had changed, the lineup had changed, they lost guys, and it was just um, a new beginning. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's a, it's really the genesis of of what we now know as the Foo Fighters. They restarted with that record. It's a, it's a three piece album. Dave Grohl wrote all the guitar parts and uh, lyrics and, and did all the vocals in his basement. <clears throat> it's, it's Dave uh, Taylor Hawkins for the first time on a studio record on drums, um, who's still there, their drummer. He's incredible. And bassist, name is escaping me, um, but he's also great and has been a, a major contributor in that band. Um, actually, the bassist was considering leaving to rejoin his original band, Sunny Day Real Estate, when they reunited that same year that that came out. And Dave spiraled into a depression, thinking that he was going to lose um, his bassist as another fucking thing that was going to happen to this band to stop them from doing what they do best, and that's play music. And uh, the as the story goes, Dave uh, called up a friend of his, got wasted, and just started driving around uh, breaking shit, and uh, then passed out and got a call from, I want to say his name's Nate, um, is the bassist. He got a call from Nate, and, was, and Nate was like, dude, I can't do it. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay in Foo Fighters. We're going to see this through. I can't rejoin uh, sunny day real estate. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick out food <coughs> and see where this this train leads us. Yeah. And that's the <coughs> fucking comeback record, man. There's nothing left to lose. Yeah. And that title is so ominous. Uh it's so true to where they were at as a band. It's like no album title has ever fit more. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. And uh it it features the song Stacked Actors, which I love and opening the, track. The one everyone knows is Learn to Fly on that record and um, the album on a whole is the best one they've ever written in my opinion so we will be covering that top to bottom <laughs> what I do that on the podcast everyone knows this it's the gimmick yeah plus if you want to make it in this fucking business you'll lift the gimmick okay just remember <laughs> that remember I said that um, as, talk- as my mentor yeah I appreciate the advice yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a fucking uh, intern here alright so <laughs> Look, you gotta pay for that beer. <laughs> Alright, that's three seventy-five, bud. Um We should get a fucking beard sponsor, bus. We need to get Well, like, I took mine off today, but yeah, I saying. agree, yeah. Like I'm looking at you right now and, and <clears throat> Bus went to uh he, he was a big boy this morning and he on a Saturday instead of binge drinking and watching uh Saturday uh Cartoons. Yeah, yeah. cartoons. Are, or I was actually thinking uh, college game day, but whatever. Whatever floats your boat. I, I own actually a couple cartoon box sets, so uh, I'm not going to shake a stick at that. But uh, we we could use a fucking, like, 
beard sponsor because uh, uh, Brandon and I are, are, are going strong with the beards right now. Beard game. Uh, yeah, beard game is strong. And uh, I mean, for all you ladies out there. Yeah, for all you for all you transvestites <laughs> out there. <laughs> um, yeah, Brandon got a like a, a clean shave. Not a, not a clean shave. I would say like a like a. Shave. No, we're trimmed. Yeah. Looking good. I want a yeah 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 bologna sandwich. Yeah. the new gimmick yeah flip a motto wherever you are we love you to death and your goofy handshake um yeah brandon brandon went to like a like a, a salon this morning and, or a I, I, it's actually called a barber shop yeah okay uh he's, he's definitely not above going to a salon no. <laughs> um no to look this good ryan you know you gotta yeah, it's actually horrifying from this distance <laughs> But he went. He went to a barbershop this morning. and Got like the, the shape up, and he, he looks fucking great. Yeah. Nice glass of whiskey. You yeah. Know? They they fucking gave him a scotch while he was waiting. You know. Like, if I could have smoked indoors, oh, it would have been heaven. It would have been a stogie, right? Yeah, of course. Is that why you were like, we should go to leave? <laughs> I wanted to bring a cigar to smoke in the kitchen where we are now, but yeah, leave it to bus. Ruin ruin a good time. Yeah. Something's <laughs> burning in here anyway. You know I what know. the fuck matters. Yeah, yeah we may have had a gas leak in here. <laughs> okay, if if Brandon and I pass out and this episode never makes air, it's because we died from chemical poisoning in my apartment. Uh, there's some sort of uh, before we had the chimichangas. Yeah, before the chimichangas got made. Uh, <clears throat> you'll understand why that's funny when uh, we start getting to the X Men movies. That's actually a, like a Deadpool comic staple. Is Let's make the chimichangas. He says that. Really? Time. Yeah. Well, we need to watch X two tonight, so. One hundred percent. Or at least the last thirty minutes. This podcast is probably going to go into the wee hours of the morning, <laughs> the rate we're going now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if we can get a beard sponsor, Brandon got it like real fucking the full the full Monty at uh, at the barber shop. He got the uh, the full experience. He got a scotch. Like everybody there is in suits. He said in like like a, a nice vest. And uh, he, he looks he looks clean. It's a classy way to spend the afternoon. It really you know? is. Yeah. And, and the beard looks strong. Well, thank you, sir. It looks, I appreciate that. It looks that, very yeah. uh, like like toned, like very trim. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. And uh, yeah. For you're, all you transvestites out for there. All, yeah. For all you chicks out there who have uh, phallic things <laughs> under your waistband. Um, anyway, let's get to the uh, the meat here. The reason. The reason I uh, we have a topic this week is because randomly I thought of what if Brandon and I once once I knew he was going to be on I was like what if Brandon and I actually just like went into a whole year of album releases and just kind of talked it talked it to death you know like the first year that came to mind because we're both avid wrestling fans uh, one of the most pivotal years for us as. Uh, young people i guess was 2004 i mean we were all in on wrestling music was great and then i thought what if we just went all in on 2004 
and look at all the heavy metal releases that year, rock and metal alike. And I, I do the search in Wikipedia and I find out all the albums that were <laughs> all the albums that were released that year are phenomenal. It's a banner year for heavy metal music. So, Bus and I are going to talk about all the, the great album releases from 04, and then we are going to together create a top 10 album list from 2000. Whoa. And Brandon didn't know this, but I numbered <coughs> 10 to all right. 1. 10 to 1 here. And we have to agree on this? We have to agree on them on the podcast. It's, okay. It's all on the spot, and we're going to decide on an order. Are we going to exclude compilation and like greatest hits albums? Compilation and greatest hits do not count. Okay. We'll mention them Fair enough. because of the year, but they do not count. The one I'm looking at is Van Halen, The Best of Both Worlds. And that one hurts me to my core that we're not going to include it in this list, but it doesn't belong. Yes. Yeah. But that album is phenomenal, and I listened to that like a week ago. I have a feeling you and I are going to... We'll be fine for most of the list. Okay. I think we're going to disagree on the greatest album on this list. All right. Let's, uh, let's start. Yeah, go into and, it. And uh, what did I tell you I listened to? 2022? 20, 23 of these albums I listened to? 23 was the number, yeah. this, and Brandon uh, ended up with like a cool nine, I think. <laughs> Which is, it, honestly, hey, for you, I The effort was there, yeah. Your podcast team <clears throat> is strong. Yeah, I listen to a lot of people talking. Yeah. So Makes me feel less alone, you know? The fact that you gave me nine albums, uh, I, it's nothing to shake a stick at. I'm proud of you, and I'm glad that you did some homework. Yeah. Um, as your, as an intern, that's important here yeah. in this company. <laughs> uh, hard work and sucking dicks. And <laughs> that belonged to chicks. And me. <laughs> so, you want to make it this business or what? <laughs> Uh, Shake my hand. <laughs> yeah, let me put my dick on my watch quick. Uh, Three Inches of Blood <clears throat> is the first record on here. Advance and Vanquish. Uh, I listened to some of it. It is power metal, I guess. It's very bombastic thrash metal, Iron Maiden type shit. So um, if you're into that, it's pretty good. I didn't hate it. Are uh, you planning to go album by album? Um, on this? Just the ones with notoriety. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I'll follow you. Acacia Strain, which, if you guys remember, um, if you're a fan of me, which I don't think anyone is. Um, Ever. I, I did a blog post a few years back that was all indie, hardcore stuff. And my friends fucking hated it. Uh, one of the bands featured in that blog post, you can still find it at ryantalksrock.com, um, is by the Acacia Strain. I believe it was Grave Bloom that I covered in that post. Brandon, if you want to head over to RyanTalksRock.com and confirm that. For of course. Me, great. Um, if you can't find it, that's fine. <clears throat> but uh, Acacia Strain is a hardcore band that has underwent uh, a bunch of changes in the, uh, the band's history. And they are above and beyond one of the uh, the best bands in the genre today. And I never stopped being impressed by them. They actually dropped the heaviness on their latest EP. Um, I think it came out this year. Um, 
and I was blown away by the stylistic change they made for the better. Uh, they continue to surprise me. They have incredible musicians within their core group, and uh, I look forward to every release that they do now. <clears throat> so this album from 04 is 3750, and uh, it's actually their second record. Um, and it's uh, widely known as their heaviest um, their heaviest record ever. Uh, and listening to it, I got that uh, right away. It, actually, it's very different from the first record, so this actually this album transformed them into the band that they are. So it's super important <coughs> in terms of the band's history. So when you listen to it, you really feel that. Like, they, they kind of come into them. They grow into their skin with this record. Uh, the album cover is really forgettable. Uh, it's very, very deathcore. Um, fun fact, it was actually produced by Adam D. from Killswitch. Which, um, if you don't know anything about Adam D. from Killswitch, he produces a lot of metal records in the industry. Uh, as often as he can. He's an incredible producer. He produces all of the Killswitch stuff and always has. Uh, great ear for, uh, for sound. <clears throat> and uh, actually, I, I did a little bit of research and found out that his dad owned a record label back in the day, and that's how we learned all this. His, uh, I believe his brother was actually a producer as well. So it, it all comes full circle. And... Uh, There's actually, because I'm a huge nerd, as you guys know, there's actually a track um, that features one of the quotes from uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, where Anakin's talking about killing the uh, Tusken Raiders, and they use that on this record with like a voice changer. It's so fucking badass, I can't put it over enough. And that uh, track is called Extreme Wrath of Jaxus. Uh, a really fun. It just it's a it, it's a really fucking heavy record, and if you're not ready for that, it's very sobering. Uh, which is sobering is not an, an experience that I'm fully aware of. Grave Bloom, <laughs> finally found it. Grave Bloom, swallow the case is I'm glad you confirmed that on the podcast. Uh, Grave Bloom is their best record, in my opinion, and they will continue to impress me in many facets of what I think metal is. But if you're not into hardcore, you won't get this at all. Um, Aerosmith, Honkin' on Bobo, came out in 2004. That is the album that they released that is all blues covers. Really underrated. And I highly suggest it if you're a fan of uh, classic rock or just Aerosmith. <clears throat> it's like it's kind of a deep cut. Uh, what do we got here? Alter Bridge, One Day Remains. Fine. Next album. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the greatest debut records of all time. Uh, honestly, if somebody seriously comprised a list of greatest debut records of all time, you could put this right up against Boston. Um, there's not a bad song on the album. I listened to it last night. If there's not a bad song on the record. It might, it might, uh, fare against the likes of Led Zeppelin and Boston and, uh, Pink Floyd and shit like that, so... In terms of just, <laughs> in terms of just rock, 
it's really hard to touch this record. This album came out in a time when Brandon and I were really starting to open our eyes in terms of hard rock and what that meant to us. Well, they open their eyes and realize we want on and on stand alone until our day is gone. Well, they open their eyes and realize we want Let's go listen to it at Jump Off the Balcony. Yeah. It'll be fine. We'll be back uh, in a second. Uh, while you wait. I don't want to wait for us <laughs> to be over. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. It's, it, in terms of debut records, like I was saying, like, 2000. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing lines of blow. <laughs> Record this, by the way. Um. Pardon me while I binge drink. <laughs> that should be the name of this podcast. Change everything. Pardon my extreme alcohol. Rebrand. <laughs> so I'm going to shake things up again. We're going to do a draft lottery. <laughs> Find out what the new name of the podcast is. Ryan Talks, fucking chicks with dicks. Um, Send all your suggestions <laughs> at Ryan Talks Rock on Twitter. Ryan Talks Rock gmail.com. Send nudes. <laughs> but, but no titties, because they're bad. Yeah, they're bad. You can't see those on national television. The internet will break. Um, 2004 is such an important year for hard, hard rock, because before that, Brandon was listening to bullshit. Norma Jean, Drop That Gorgeous. All the fucking uh, pre-girl bands that, that don't matter. Bring Me the Horizon All that doesn't shit. matter, while, huh? While they were huh? hard... Like, he was listening to those bands while they were hardcore. And uh, I didn't get it. And he slowly started to turn me. But then hard rock really fucking took off. You had your... Like we mentioned earlier, we alluded to it. Uh, your Stained... Uh, Three Days Grace, Breaking Benjamin had come onto the scene and gotten popularity. <clears throat> uh, some other ones, Bus Disturbed. Um, what are some other good... Three Doors Down was huge. Three Doors Down. Uh, Blackstone Cherry was starting. Was Seven Dust around Seven then? Dust was uh, thriving. Chevelle. Chevelle was like... Uh, they're on this list. They were they were really starting to get fucking moving. Senses fail. Senses I mean, yeah, I mean, we're just going down bands on the list now, the but yeah. The hard rock scene was uh, was really coming into its own post grunge, post alternative. So the old guard being Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, uh, Mud Honey, stuff like that. STP. STP. Uh, all all these whole Bush. All these bands were starting to be old hat. And what happened was you had all these newer, younger rock bands coming out of the woodwork, not unlike the way Metalcore started. And these bands were uh, taken off. And stuff like uh, some of the real young bands like Hinder, Saving Able, 
uh, shit like that. My Darkest Days, Buck Heart, Jerry. Yep, Buck Cherry, uh, like Smile Empty Soul. Smile Empty Soul, like everything was blowing up. Nickelback was uh, was firing on all cylinders. Creed. Creed was still around uh, for the early part of the 2000s, then they broke up. Yep. And that is where we end up with Alter Bridge. That's how we got this great band. Uh, I remember watching Monday Night Raw, and they showed up. Actually, it was probably at a pay-per-view. It might, it might be SummerSlam 04. Don't quote me. Uh, but Alter Bridge was at the pay-per-view, and they were interviewing Edge backstage with Alter Bridge. And they were talking about how they were using uh, Track 5, Metalingus. Edge was using that as his new entrance music. And now people associate Edge with that song. If you hear Metalingus, you think of Edge. Um, in my opinion, that's... Yeah. All these years later, um, that record is still synonymous with Edge, and I can't think of a, a better person to associate this album with. Absolutely agree. Uh, huge fan of this work. Um, it's just really nice to know that Artistically, all the great, great parts of Creed, uh, musically, didn't have to die when Scott Stapp uh, was battling alcoholism and all that shit and was in and out of rehab. And, um, we could have very easily never gotten any more Mark Tremonti for the rest of our lives. But he continued to with those with with fucking Scott Phillips and yeah. uh, the same group of guys. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Why well, can't I remember the other guy's name? It's Scott Phillips, Mark Tremonti, and uh, what in Creed or in Alter Bridge? Both. Brian Marshall. Brian Marshall. With those three guys, it, like it's I can't stress this enough how. Pivotal 2004 is. We almost didn't get Alter Bridge. We almost didn't get any more Brian Marshall, Scott Phillips, uh, Mark Schramonti in our lives. And so many of those guys have done other things. Yeah. And are still in our lives in some sort of way. They could have been like, fuck it. You know, we had our we had our moment. Yeah, we made Reed it. Reed was fucking big. They were a big damn deal for almost a whole decade. All you haters, you hear that? Okay, their videos got a lot of play on MTV and VH1. I distinctly remember that as a kid. Yo, they sucked though. They were so over. And religious overtones aside, great fucking band. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, without One Day Remains, we very easily could have never listened to any of these guys play again. And because of this band, we get to experience that every, would you say, three years? Every three years since they started. And that's not counting all the fucking side projects that they crank out. Yep. So just really important. And this record speaks for itself. I really think uh, when it comes down to it, you want to throw this up against most debut albums, it beats it. Uh, it's definitely going to rank in our top ten. It'll be on Oh, yeah. Um, Amon of Marth had a record that year. They're like kind of like Viking metal. Uh, what else do I know? Behemoth. They're like deathcore. Uh, Black Label Society released 
their sit, yeah, fifth, fifth studio record called Hangover Music. One of the nine I listened to. Which I'm so happy for. Uh, it's called Hangover Music Volume 6, and it is the fifth record from BLS, who might be the greatest band of all time, in my opinion. Uh, this is uh, probably right around the time Zach Wilde found out from his doctor that he could not drink anymore and had to get sober. Uh, might be actually a record after this. But, uh, yeah, he had, like, his liver was, like, ready to shut down. And uh, his doctor told him, like, if you keep drinking, you're going to die. Cold dirty. He just, like, that's it. Stops. And uh, because of that, we continue to get great fucking music from Black Label Society, even today. So uh, let's drink a beer for, uh, for Zach, you know? <laughs> and Cheers. for sobriety. Yeah, I'm not drinking to that. But I'm really glad he's still with us after uh, all the tragedy we've had in hard rock and heavy metal over the last couple decades. So we love you, Zach, and we hope you keep writing great records like Hangover Music Volume uh, 6. Actually, if you're a fan of BLS, you know that this record is a a lot softer than the other ones. It's it's kind of a a different take on uh, the style that they were known for. And uh, he has since uh, done stuff like that. Uh, what's the album I keep listening to? The live record. It's called Unblackened. And it's, uh, it's a live record where they do a lot of acoustic stuff. And I'm a huge fan of that, especially with heavy bands. It's cool when they strip it down. Uh, Brandon and I actually had the distinct pleasure of seeing Shinedown in that experience during the Sound of Madness tour. Um, Post actually the carnival of the first carnival of madness tour, uh, Brandon's girlfriend at the time bought him two tickets to see Shine Down in the uh, on the acoustic tour, and we were uh, lucky enough to go see that, and it was uh, one of the greatest experiences of my life. Um, because you know why would I invite her? Yeah, she means nothing to you. Uh, she was. She meant more to you than she, me. Yeah, it was very good in bed. She, she bought you those tickets, and you took me, and we had the time of our lives. Do you remember where? I can't um, remember. It wasn't Reading. No, it was Scranton. Was it Scranton? Uh, what's Scranton the name Cultural of the theater? Center? Cultural Center. Yep. And, uh, With the sculptures outside. Oh my yeah. God. Yep. It was in Scranton. Set. This is still when Brett Smith was fat. Remember, he wore a suit. I do. They were dressed to the fucking nines. Yep. He wore a suit. He was pouring sweat. He and he was, was still fat. He was yeah. still really fat. He had just kicked his uh, his pill problem. He had a, a real bad addiction to pills, and he uh, he kicked it, and was uh, he was recovering. So in between um, songs, he would uh, kind of describe to the crowd uh, the writing process for each song. It was amazing. So we got like a documentary within a concert. It was so personal, and I'll never forget it. Uh, and that's that's kind of that's kind of what they're they, they're uh, going for with Hangover Music, uh, BLS. It's it's like a stripped down acoustic and uh, vulnerable, and uh, it's the first time uh, Zach Wilde ever did that. So, and one of my favorite tracks by him is called "Spoke in the Wheel," and uh, that track is acoustic. And, and Zach shines 
when he when he exposes himself like that. Another debut record what? coming up next. Oh. I believe that's where you're going. Uh, it actually isn't the debut record, but I'm going to say oh, Breaking wow. Benjamin. We are not alone. Is the second. It's a sophomore <laughs> effort from Breaking Benjamin. Um, this will probably go down as one of the best rock records. Saturate, yeah, fucking. Is this your favorite loser record? Uh, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I can confidently say that So Cold and Firefly both are in the top five most played songs in my lifetime. Oh my god. They are reckoning soundtrack yep. alone. Yeah. Um, Two of my favorite songs ever. And we'll always be huge breaking Ben Marks because Ben Burnley is from Wilkes-Barre. He's from PA, so we're, we're massive fans. And, uh, Actually, the video for uh, Christ uh, Breath. The video for Breath is shot in uh, Scranton. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, this record holds a special place in my heart. It's not. I don't think it's as good as Phobia. I do. Record, you do. I think it's better than Phobia. Yeah. Jesus Christ, is it their best record? Is We Are Not Alone their best record? <laughs> Probably. I actually read that the title of this record is based on a book. There's a book called We Are Not Alone, and that's where they got the title. It's directly taken from that, which I thought was very interesting. I kind of want to read it now. Yeah, I mean. At least the first one, two, like three, four, five, ago. six, seven, eight. I feel like I could play the first eight songs and you'd know every word. I know every word to the entire album. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Yeah. It opens with So Cold. It does. And then Simple Design. Yep. Follow. Follow. Yep. Uh, Firefly. Yep. Uh, oh, shit. Track five is... If I were to trip and... Me, no, uh, 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 Break My Fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck. Six is... Oh, it's my favorite track on oh. the album. And what? You can't... Oh, fuck. How could you ever not remember the name of this song? Ah, <laughs> oh, this is track six. Forget it. Forget it. It's my favorite song on the album. And then seven is Breakdown. There's one before that. One before that. Breakdown. Sooner or later? So sooner or later, then Breakdown. Yep. Then Away. Yep. And then Rain? One more in between. More. Rain closes it out. Fuck. Mm. After Away? There's another song between that and Rain? Fuck, uh, what is that? <laughs> if you were a good person. Best record? I think, I think so, yeah. Yeah. 
It's going to make the top ten. So the most important release from Breaking Benjamin comes out in 2004, and it just happens to be their second record. Phobia holds a special place in my heart, but I guess the best record is We Are Not Alone. Um, it features all of the heaviness that they've uh, actually uh, like adopted again. They've really brought back the heaviness full force in the last couple records. <clears throat> Post-lawsuit, obviously, which infuriated me. Um, Yo, it's my bend. What? <laughs> um, yeah, this is definitely going to be on our list. Uh, Cannibal Corpse, The Wretched Spawn. They had a, a record that came out that year. It, I listened to it. It was pretty fucking good. Uh, it's obviously very heavy, very sludgy, and uh, if you're not ready for it, it'll punch you right in the right in the fucking mouth. Uh, Chevelle, this type of thinking can do us in. This is the record that has to follow um, Venusera, right? No, uh, I'm sorry. Venusera is the next one. This is the record that has to follow Wonder What's Next, which put them on the map. Wonder What's Next featured the songs um, The Red... Send the Pain Below and Closure. This record had to fucking follow that. And uh, I listened to it the other day, and I was half paying attention to it because I had, like, people over. But uh, that's the thing about Chevelle is you can pretty much put them on for any casual rock fan, and no one will be mad that you did so. Uh, back then, I believe it was Three Brothers... Am I wrong, Bus? Let me look at the personnel here. Uh, for this album, yeah. Pete, Joe, and Sam were still the band. Wow. Uh, Loeffler is their last name. Um, they have since changed that lineup, if I uh, am re- remembering correctly. Yeah, you, you are. Um, Dean Bernardini okay. is now part of the band. So they changed it, yeah. I don't know if that's from lack of... Uh, if there's disagreements or it's just uh, creative differences or whatever it is, but um, back then, man, they were untouchable. They were like the uh, the darling of uh, the underground hard rock scene. People that like Chevelle don't like Chevelle. They're obsessed. Um, like Brian, like yep. Sweeney. Um, he's a huge fucking fan. Uh, the songs that are notable on this are the ones that the internet tells you are notable. That's the only um, positive thing I can say about this record. The opener, The Clincher, is really good. Get Some's good. Vitamin R is really good. And then it kind of just like sounds like music. It's just like, it, it is what it is. It doesn't, it didn't wow me. It's not going to make our list, but it's definitely important in. The fact that it's the in-between record from Wonder What's Next and Venus Sarah, which are their two best records, in my opinion, commercially and artistically. So you can fucking look me in the face and tell me the first record's their best one, and I'm going to you're wrong. But uh, in my opinion, if you're a casual rock fan, you're going to enjoy Chevelle if you listen to Wonder What's Next or Venus Sarah, and this album just happens to fall between, and it also happens to fall short, and that's not their fault. They were, uh, they were at a a really rough point in their career when the record label was saying, 
you wrote these songs for Wonder What's Next, and they did really well, and we need you to write more hits that end up on the radio. And they were like, what the fuck? So they had, like, a weekend to, like, crank out songs that were going to get uh, a billion listens on the fucking radio. And they just, like, felt this tremendous amount of pressure. And they wrote this record in a very short amount of time because of the pressure they were put on by the record company. And the quality of the record speaks volumes because of that. Because they were rushed. Uh, music doesn't just come out of your ass. You have to write it. You have to be in a specific place in your life. You have to be creative. You have to have the talent to execute it. And at this point in Chevelle's career, they were not ready to write this record. Their hand was forced. And that's why the record is called This Type of Thinking Could Do Us In. Because they were never the type of band that was going to sell out because the record label thought that they should. They were never that band. So that's why this record falls short, because they specifically wrote a record that wasn't going to end up on the radio, and it's kind of a middle finger to the record company industry. Um, and that's why you see a lot of bands still to this day jump around in terms of record labels, because there is no one you can trust in an industry where everyone is looking to make a buck and they don't give a fuck what happens to you. I'll get off my soapbox now. Um... Cradle of Filth released a record that year. I've never been a big fan. Um, I do. I, I don't mind death metal at all. Uh, I know Cradle of Filth is uh, holds a special plate place in the heart of people that really love death metal because they've been around and doing it for so long consistently. I've just never been that guy. Uh, I definitely plan on listening to this record or some Cradle of Filth because I never have. Um, but I did not do that for this. And I kind of regret that now because it's different than every other thing we're going to talk about. Um, I don't even know if I can pronounce the name of this. Nymphetamine? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Moving on. The last... It's really sad and it's really hard for me to talk about this, but the last record ever released from Dimebag Daryl was 2004 and it was Damage Planned. Uh... A band that formed after Pantera kind of dissolved is the best way to put that. Um, the Abbott brothers were never really a fan of Phil moving on and pulling away from Pantera during the... I want to say that was probably started before they went on the Great Southern Trendkill Tour. Um, actually he recorded Phil recorded all the vocals for that record in Louisiana at his house he didn't even meet up with he never met up with um, Rex Phil or uh, Rex Vinnie or Dime in the studio he recorded everything all of his parts from Louisiana um, in New Orleans where he's from and that was the rift that started the end of Pantera and he had started while he was down there away from uh, the other guys in the band he started a side project that everyone knows as Down uh, which is Kirk Winstein um, Rex from Pantera was in that so you really understand the way I'm laying this out, it's really easy to understand the division uh, that Rex 
and Phil created with starting a side project called Down that was half the members of Pantera. Uh, yeah. Vinny and uh, Dime were not fucking happy about that. And after that, they released... Pantera did release after they toured, which Phil was a fucking mess. He was all... Uh, fucking strung out on heroin the entire time and uh, didn't sing well at all. If you look at uh, if you if you watch the end of the vulgar vids, you get a really good idea of uh, the state Phil was in during that time. Uh, they actually released a last Pantera record after that called Reinventing the Steel, which is not bad if you're a true Pantera fan, but uh, it's not the same because. Um, Everyone was kind of checked out on the band at that point. They broke up when Vinny and Dime decided to do uh, create music again. They did that in 2004 with this record, uh, new band called Damage Plan, and the record was called Newfound Power. <clears throat> and it was two guys, I believe, from the same band called Nothing Face. And... Um, the record was it's a it's a cult classic honestly it's uh it's a big deal because it's dime's last record before he was tragically killed on stage playing for this band the first fucking show of the tour for this record in uh columbus ohio if i recall we looked this up. that is correct and uh one of one of them uh in my mind it's the most tragic thing to ever happen in uh in heavy metal music so uh, this record will always be remembered be, uh, as uh, the reason that a deranged fan decided he was going to kill Dimebag for, uh, I guess, ending Pantera, even though it wasn't up to him. Um, the record is really, really good. It's super heavy. You get a lot of great uh, Dime guitar parts. Vinny's drumming couldn't be better. Um, the vocalist, it's uh, take it or leave it. Uh, but there's definitely attitude and uh, a lot of energy, and uh, it really felt like they were in touch with where the industry was heading with that album. Uh, so it's super important, and uh, it probably won't make our list, but it's very important to me, and that's why I'm mentioning it. Um, Danzig released, I think, their last record that year. Demon Hunter, a band you guys know and Mark for released their, I want to say third record, second album, Summer of Darkness in 2004, and that's pretty good, but they weren't quite the Demon Hunter we all know and love yet. Um, let me find my place. Uh, Dio, Master of the Moon. Uh, I think this is his last, yeah, last, his, Dio's 10th record came out in 2004, his last album before he died. Um, in, in the band Dio, he did release stuff with Heaven and Hell uh, post this album. I listened to, man, uh, what is it called? Master of the Moon. Master of the Moon. I listened to this album this week. I hated it. It's not good. <laughs> you can tell Dio is starting to lose his voice. He's starting to lose that yeah. fucking power. Uh, it's very evident on this record. And, the, and, and the, creatively, it's not as good as other stuff. Um, Dokken, Hell to Pay. Uh, came out this year. You know we're both huge Dokken <laughs> Um I do believe this is a record that does not feature 
uh, George Lynch. I'm going to confirm that right now. Yeah. No George Lynch on guitar. It's John Levin. That's a huge deal breaker for me. Uh, George Lynch is the, the best part of this band. His guitar work is so influential in terms of glam metal and all the things that came out of glam metal uh, post that era. Uh, go back and listen to some fucking Lynch Mob and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Uh, George Lynch is one of the most underrated guitarists of the 80s. Uh, you got your fucking Eddie Van Halens and your, your Zach Wilds and, and your Randy Rhodes and, and that shit. George Lynch was right fucking there. Uh, some of the some of the most uh, talented guitar players were a part of glam metal bands, and I don't want you guys to ever forget that. Uh, chances are, if you if you know a uh, a glam metal song that and you really love it and you hear it on the radio, it's it's probably poppy. But uh, some of the deeper cuts uh, during the '80s and early '90s are some of the best songs ever written. Uh, in the glam metal genre, so if you uh, prefer to take a deep dive, uh, Docket is not a bad place to start, and uh, unfortunately, uh, the, the guys in this band have, have, haven't always gotten along, and uh, I believe Don Docket, the lead singer, owns the rights to the name, and him and George Lynch probably won't ever play together again, and it's been like that since the early 2000s. Unfortunate, but uh, it happens. And uh, I, I just can't get behind a, a Don Dockin solo project where he uses the name, uh, regardless of who he has on the record. So uh, I did not listen to this one. I'm not saying I won't, but uh, I'm definitely hesitant to. Uh, Don Dockin also produced it. That's a red flag right there. Uh, his ego is massive. Um, I just don't know if I can get behind this. Brandon and I might listen to it for fun at some point and uh, get back to you on that, but as, as of right now, I don't, I don't know that I'll ever uh, check that one out because of the lack of George Lynch on guitar. Uh, Dragon Force released Sonic Firestorm in 2004. That's their second studio album, the one right before everyone, the one everyone knows in Human Rampage. Um, this is the first time I ever heard Dragon Force. Can you recall, Brandon? The first time you ever heard Dragon Force, it was mind-blowing. Crazy guitar playing, and crazy tempo. Crazy tempo, and the lead singer sounds like Steve Perry from Journey. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. uh, the first song I ever heard is off of this record. It's called Fury of the Storm, and the record holds up. Uh, if you're a hater, keep on hating. But if you love uh, speed metal and fucking crazy vocals. This is uh, Dragon Force is great. Uh, I stand by that. Mike was rolling his eyes the other night when I was listening to it, but the, I, I I think it's fucking great. The shortest song on the album is five minutes and twelve mm -hmm. seconds. Yeah, every song is long. Very progressive. Very progressive approach to it to metal, and uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I don't care if the guys can play it live or not. Uh, it's fun to listen to. So. Uh, Dream Theater le released their live album live at Budokan that year. That's definitely worth checking out. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of great instrumental stuff out of them, obviously. You got fucking Mike Portnoy and John Petrucci. Um, Drowning Pool released uh, their, want to say second? Yeah, second studio record, Desensitized, that year. I listened to it, Bus. I told you that. Uh, I was not a fan. Um, I remember wanting this record when I was younger. 
Yeah. Uh, and I, I love the song Step Up because it was featured in the WrestleMania 20 soundtrack. But the album as a whole is garbage. Forgettable, yeah. Uh, I was not a fan. Which is funny. Because their first album is what? Sinner? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Which is a great fucking record. Sinner is like cover to cover. Phenomenal. Yeah, Sinner, yep. And this record they drop off. So, I don't know. Weird time for the band, I guess. Um, what else we got here? We didn't listen to Europe. We did not. No. Uh, Exodus, Tempo of the Damned. Um, this is sort of a middle of their career record for Exodus. Uh, I'm a huge fan of thrash metal. And Exodus is one of those bands that have kind of hung around. And they never made it to the big four of thrash. But they are certainly in the conversation for belonging uh, among those four bands. So if you haven't, if you're a fan of really hard shit like that, Slayer, Anthrax, Testament, uh, Metallica, Megadeth, if you haven't really listened to Exodus, you do yourself a favor and fucking listen to them. Bonded by Blood, their self-titled, or not their self-titled, Bonded by Blood, their first record, is one of the greatest albums of all time. It's so fucking heavy, and it's so fast, um, and it's impressive, and it features Kirk Hammond on guitar, so before he was in Metallica, if you guys are... A little un- fun fact. Unfamiliar with that. Um, Fate's Warning is uh, uh, another uh, like symphonic uh, metal band like Nightwish I was mentioning earlier, which I don't care for, but if you're a fan of that, you are. Fear Factory uh, released Archetype that year. This album is not on Spotify or I would have listened to it. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard it. But uh, very influential in terms of uh, the progressive style of, of uh, playing uh, in metal uh, post-90s. Uh, um, Dream Theater was starting to kind of fade into the background and bands like Fear Factory were starting based on the things that Dream Theater had already done. And uh, they were honestly doing it better. The drummer for Fear Factory is one of the best drummers I've ever heard. This album just doesn't exist on Spotify. Okay. I, I don't know why it's listed here then. but uh, It's weird. It, apparently it's their fifth album. Yeah, it just doesn't exist on Spotify. But apparently it's pretty good. So we'll have to track that down, bus. But uh, yeah, really fucking good band. In terms of uh, progressive playing in metal, um, what else do we got here? God forbid with their album Gone Forever. Big fan of that. Big fan of Doc on guitar, who now plays in Bad Wolves. Um, Iced Earth, which if you're a fan of like Iron Maiden or Jesus Priest, they're right in that ilk. And I believe the Glorious Burden features Tim Ripper Owens from Judas Priest on vocals which if you haven't heard him sing for Ice Earth holy fucking shit um when when uh, Rob Halford left Judas Priest to start Fight and Halford in the late 80s early 90s uh they the guys in Priest were not ready to hang it up and they found Tim Ripper Owens singing as a in a Judas Priest cover band in a fucking bar and they they hired him 
to be their singer, and he was in fucking credible. They released a couple records with Priest. They didn't do that well. He left. Halford came back. The rest is history, right? Well, then Tim Ripper Owens, because of his the job he did in Priest, uh, got a gig singing for Iced Earth and released a few records that are so good. And this is one of them. It's called The Glorious Burden. And if you are a fan of that high-pitched, heavy metal, wearing leather and, and pumping your fist uh, side of things, uh, Ice Earth is so fucking good and not talked about that much. So if you like that shit, uh, this is the seventh album from them. And they've had a, a few different singers uh, over the course of... Uh, Ice Earth's brain in metal, and uh, this is definitely one that should be checked out, just because it's the first one to feature Tim Owens, and I'm a huge fan of his. Um, actually, a fun little tidbit, if anyone has seen the movie Rockstar, uh, featuring Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston, um, that movie is based off of the story I just told you, where... Judas Priest hired Tim Ripper Owens to replace Rob Halford. That movie's based off of that really? happening. Yeah. Actually, the person in the crowd that takes over for Ma- Mark Wahlberg at the end of that movie as the singer of... Um, what the fuck's the name of that band now? Something Dragon. Um, you don't gotta look it up. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is the guy... He plays like the Tim Ripper Owens character. He replaces the guy in the heavy metal band that's supposed to be Priest. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the movie, because that like Mark Wahlberg gets pulled out of the crowd to be the singer. He gets an audition because he was singing the shit in the crowd and they were like, oh my god, this guy. Um, that happens at the end of the movie. It all comes full circle. When he decides he doesn't want to be in the show anymore and... and uh, be famous and sing in this rock band and, and sell his soul he picks out a fan in the crowd that's doing the same thing he was doing singing all the parts perfectly and he's like that guy get on stage and he makes that guy sing the rest of the set and he just leaves he's out of the band that guy he pulls out of the crowd is Miles Kennedy really? very cool yeah uh, a baby faced Miles Kennedy um, so I'll have to watch that sometimes. yeah we'll watch that later it's yeah. fucking that's awesome. Stupid cool when you see Miles Kennedy in that movie. I did not know any of that. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got here? In Flames, Soundtrack to Your Escape, one of my favorite fucking metal records of all time. Um, it's not as good as Come Clarity, but it's certainly leaning towards the style they were getting to with that that uh, breakthrough record, Come Clarity. Soundtrack to Your Escape came out uh, in March of 2004. And it, I guess it's considered melodic death metal, but it's... Uh, it certainly softened in years past. Um, that they they released that on Nuclear Blast. It's a cool like forty seven minutes. It's not that much of your time, and the only single off it's called "The Quiet Place." Um, but there's some deeper cuts that I really love. A touch of red, um, "My Sweet Shadow" is great. "In Search for I," um, "Dead Alone." I had this record before I really had an understanding of what metal was. I, I illegally downloaded it. I remember listening to it so much. Like, not in the right track order because what I got was like 
not a legitimate copy of this album. And uh, I fell in love with this band. The lead singer, Bjorn, is one of my favorite singers of all time. Such a distinct voice. And uh, I think they're the best band to ever come out of Sweden, in, in my mind. Um, just a really special band, and it's a really special record, because it leads to something awesome. Um, actually, what's the record that is the predecessor to this one? It is called Reroute to Remain, which is my favorite album by them. Um, so 2002, 2004, 2006, they were on fucking fire. And, uh, yeah, I can't speak higher about this band. Uh, In Flames is one of my favorites of all time. I actually had the privilege of seeing them, um, not that long ago, and it, it blew my fucking mind. I didn't even realize I was seeing them until I was seeing them. Um, they opened for Alter Bridge, which is absurd. A nice surprise. Yeah, I went with uh, Brandon's sister Amanda and uh, and her husband uh, to see them. Oh, where the fuck did we go? Um, the place out in... Uh, Starland? Starland Ballroom. Out in... Uh, what town is that? Sayerville. Sayerville, yep. Um, and In Flames opened for Alter Bridge, and I was fucking stunned. I was so pumped. Uh, they, they were amazing, and they all... They'll always be as good as they were um, back then. They're they're still cranking up great records. Um, Kill Switch Engage. The end of Heartache. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need a beer. <laughs> no, I don't. Or do you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Allow me. Um, most influential record of our lifetimes. Pretty much. I can't think of anything else. Is this not the most important record of our young lives? End of heartache. This I would say it is. Yeah. The game. I would say it is. Absolutely. This was so important to us. In so many ways. It's because of Killswitch Engage. I went to my first concert. They're the first show I ever saw. I've since seen them seven times. Which is your most for any one I've never band. seen a band more than I've seen Killswitch Engage. Anthrax, a close second. Yep. Anthrax, I've seen six times. Killswitch Engage, I've seen eight times. Only one time with Howard. Really? Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I mean, one of the most influential albums of my lifetime. Hands down. I can remember running around Forks. Um, the neighborhood Brandon and I grew up in. His parents still live there. Um, listening to this album, like it was gospel. I mean, this album was... It was the greatest thing we'd ever heard. Completely took over. I remember the first time I heard Ride the Lightning, but... No album ever opened as many doors as the end of Heartache did. Agreed. It was the gateway to heavy music. Yeah. For both of us. Because of this album, I bought Threads of Life from Shadows Fall on iTunes, just like never having heard it. Just like, it's probably good because they're kind of like Killswitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I did shit like that. I bought Horizons. My Parkway Drive on iTunes just because it's like, oh, they're kind of like Killswitch. Yeah. 
Like I took chances and they paid off because of this album. It's so important in so many ways. They um, changed the the game entirely. Probably gonna go down as my favorite metal band of all time. Um, it's that or Pantera. That's that's the fucking it's bar. One A, one B. You know. Just out of curiosity, Brandon, can you look up how many copies In of Harding has sold? Yeah. One of them is me. I purchased it. I love this album. It's the best blend of heavy and melodic. There's probably ever been. My favorite album is As Daylight Dies, but this is the this is the most pivotal album of my life. It should say on Wikipedia how many. It was minutes. number twenty-one on the Billboard two hundred of two thousand four. Doesn't uh, that seem high? Shouldn't that be in the top ten? It just wasn't. Ranked four hundred and first in Rock Hard Magazine's book of the five hundred greatest rock and metal albums of all time. Four hundred and first. They're shitting on it. Kinda. I don't want to give credence to the fact that they were on the list. Like, 400th? Fuck you. I mean, this is good data. Like, everything you're saying. Yeah, I can't find the album sales, though. I assume that it reached at least gold status. Usually says uh, it's only forty minutes long. Yeah. The alternate cover I've always wanted tattooed. Did you know that? Really? The flower with the nails in it. Yeah. I always thought that was really cool. I think it's a lotus. Um, let me see. Let me see. Chart position. So you're reading the same thing now. Mm-hmm. Oh, the album was certified gold. There you go. The album was certified gold by the RIAA in December, on December 7th, 2007, which means it sold at least 10,000 copies, something like that. So it did all right. You know? That's not bad. Yeah. I Fine. I expected better. But I remember they used the End of Heartache song, the alternate version in Resident Evil. Yeah. Which uh, got them a lot of fucking press. That's in, like, the first section of Wikipedia when you yeah. read about the album. Right. It's like, that was a big deal. Because um, they got a video and everything else to go along with it. Um, anything else you want to say about the album? Before we move on. To Incredible. It? Badass album cover. Yeah. yeah, one of the best. The bleeding heart, the nails in the, the hands. That will be tattooed on me at some point. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. That's, that's real. Um, Lamb of God released Ashes of the Wake in 2004. Uh, also one of the most influential records um, I realized it listening to it on the way home today from work I haven't listened to it probably five times in my life really? yeah you know why? I thought you were a big Lamb of God guy because all the hits on that album are featured heavily on Philadelphia, the live record yeah, which is one of your most played yeah 
Yeah. That that live album is one of the best live albums of all time. Top ten. Okay? And most of the songs, they, they just released Ashes of the Wake before that concert at Trocadero in Philly. And uh, I would just much rather hear the live version than the album version. Like, especially like Omerta with the intro. He who appeals to the law against his fellow man is either a fool or a coward. He who cannot take care of himself without that law is both. For a wounded man shall say to his assailant, If I die, you are forgiven. If I live, I will kill you. <laughs> Such is the rule of honor. Yeah, like that. Yeah. That opens the song, and he screams it live. <laughs> he just, he just says it like that. It's incredible. On the studio version, he just says, "He kind of feels the like I said, man, it's either a fool or a coward." Like he just like says. Yeah, it he just goes through the motions. The, the live version infinitely better. Um, yeah, it's just, there's nothing like Lamb of God live, and I ha- I still haven't seen him. Uh, which I probably never will, because now Chris Adler is not their drummer, he's moved on, so I don't know if I'd see him without him. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the most important records of my young life, Ashes of the Wake, just because of what it gave me, uh, Philadelphia being released shortly after, and me actually like listening to music that heavy for the first time like ever um what else do we got mastodon released leviathan in 2004 which is their concept record based solely on moby dick uh incredible incredible record uh huge fan of the band i think this is only their second album ever uh they still continue to impress me i saw them last year with gavin uh at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park, and they yep. fucking blew the place away. Uh, we actually left before Primus went on, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering why that was, and I'll tell you, it's because Primus is dog shit. Uh, <laughs> the opener, however, surprisingly enough, we didn't know until we got there, was All Them Witches, who I still love, and Gavin is a massive, massive fanboy of. So uh, that was really cool to experience All Them Wishes live and not know it. And then afterwards be like, holy shit. Uh, we just saw All Them Wishes and they were incredible. And uh, we definitely almost got like arrested in the parking lot for drinking beer. <laughs> which was pretty funny. We were drinking uh, Pumpkin Drublock actually. Oh, great. Like, Perfect. Awful beer. No effects. Yeah. yeah. Love, love No Effects. Their beer made by stone. Dog shit. I'd rather drink my own urine. Uh, what else do we got here? Bust, the album you were listening to when you showed up, Megadeth, The System Has Failed from 04. Yep. Comeback album. What'd you think? Loved it. Yeah? Uh, a lot of commentary on the album. I, I felt like they were sending a message. Definitely. Throughout uh, the entire album. Megadeth has always been very political, and that really fucking shows through. From the first, like, 30 seconds yeah. of the album, Black yeah. Black the Universe kicked the chair. Air Force One has been shot down. Yeah. I like when they're talking about like all the drug confiscations, and he says the the word hashish. I always giggle during that part. Uh, big fan of that record. Scorpion's a great song. Uh, Back in the day is my favorite song. Uh, Tears in a vial is good. Uh, Shadow of Death. It's just it's a fucking great record. I'm coming around on this band more and oh, more. Uh, in my old age, yeah. I took you to see him. You did for you my birthday, it? yeah. 
It was a good time. Yeah, Megadeth is, uh, I took you to see him on your birthday? Mm-hmm. What a great fucking time that was. At the Sands. At the Sands, yeah. Sands Casino, Bethlehem. Holla. Uh, Yo, Wind Creek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love, uh, love Megadeth, always will. Big fan of Dave Mustaine and everything yeah. he does. And, uh, this record is a gem. If you want to go back and check this out. Really, really creative, uh, portion of Dave Mustaine's career post, uh, rehab. Uh, one of the 17 times he's been to rehab. Um, what do we got here? Motorhead Inferno. Never checked that out, but I'm sure it's good because Motorhead's great. Uh, surprise. Surprise of 04. Otep, a band I have never liked, released a record in 04 called House of Secrets. I fucking loved it. It reminded me of Typo Negative in the way that it was weird but also melodic. And uh, if you're a fan of Out There, Progressive... Uh, campy, fucking uh, conceptual type stuff. Otep is right up your alley. Uh, it was definitely out there. Uh, these guys are not from the U.S. They are from Ah Christ. Otep is from Los Angeles, California. They are. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of someone. They're definitely weird, though. They feel like they're not from this planet. Um, look at that. They ended up on Napalm Records. That's a common theme today. Um, Greg Wells produced this record, who also did a lot of the great, great records from Deftones. So I can't speak highly enough about that. Uh, if you like heavy music with a twist, if you like the the conceptual artistic out there stuff this is it but it's this album is very depressing um this actually was released on capitol records believe it or not back in the day which if you remember correctly is the record label that avenged sevenfold played a concert on the night they released um the stage which really is, uh, yeah the build the the roof of capitol records which is fucking awesome yeah, this this record is uh, by Otep is is really good. If you uh, if you want something really out there, uh, this is the one for you. Uh, very very interesting. Not not like anything I've ever heard. Papa Roach released "Getting Away with Murder" in '04. Uh, if you can believe it, uh, alternative rock juggernauts. Uh, Jacoby Shaddix has uh, uh, been a, a major figurehead in alternative rock for so many years uh, it's hard to believe that it's been 15 years since this record has come out maybe bust and i'll take a deep dive and uh and really unpack uh getting away with murder one of these days because uh, i really think it's an important record i mean if you remember back in 0405 you couldn't go anywhere without hearing getting away with murder on the radio that song was fucking huge Huge. Yeah. Dude, I remember that was actually the theme song for uh, Tough Enough. I do remember that, yeah. uh, Second season. This beer is great, by the way. Thanks, yeah. I really like it, it, yeah. It's a a Belgian. Uh, Bust knows I like it. Weedy and I like it. I like it fruity. Um, As in, I fuck dudes. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> actually this is on Geffen Records you can believe it comes in at 38 minutes flat 
Wow, this is a short album. Gets over quick. Plus, we need to. Uh, we actually do need to unpack this album. I think. What? Let's what, do it. Throw the chimichangas in. Get a little Papa Roach going. You I'm know. saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you and I need to. Uh, I think break down this album track by track in uh, next couple weeks. I'm in. Do that. Um, it's got Getting Away With Murder and Scars, which are phenomenal hard rock songs of our generation. Yeah. Yeah. They'll live forever. Okay. I feel it rushing up. Yeah. I feel... No, it's I feel irrational. So confrontational. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, I don't care about all the haters. I love Papa Roach and I always will. Really fun to see live. Oh my god. One of the best frontmen of all time, Jacoby Shaddix. He knows how to fucking perform for a crowd. Senses fail. Let it enfold you. Speaking of frontmen... Can you think of anyone more charismatic than the lead singer of Senses Fail? I don't think I can. Murph. Murphy? He was incredible. Yeah. He was the energy that man had. I mean, Jacoby maybe beat him as far as our two experiences. I'm going to say no. I think Murphy uh, uh, beats him. That's fair. He definitely had the better uh, swinging the mic skills. Mic yeah. skills alone? Yeah. Top tier. It's not even close. Yeah. Top tier. Yeah. That's, that's what you want. There was never a dull moment. The only thing that bothered me was the fucking douchebags uh, next to us where we were standing. Oh, yeah. That were like trailer trash. Fucking jacked up muscle freaks drinking muscle milk and taking blue chew. Dumping <laughs> their beers kidding. on broads. We would like uh, blue chew to be a sponsor. Because we need help. We need help. Um, yeah, Murphy from Census Fail. Uh, Incredible. Easily top two best frontman I've ever seen in person. Uh, and he delivers very well-dressed, for sure. And he delivers... an uh, uh, energy. Yeah. Energy and vocally. Uh, as consistent as about anyone I've ever seen uh, that was good. So, uh, And this album, Let It Enfold You, which is the first Census Fail album, is one of those records that I remember getting from you as a kid and thinking, I'm never going to like this. Yeah. But the album cover is great. It's this guy with his hand against the flaming, the flaming mirror and he's just burning. And he's just burning. Um, <laughs> really speaks to you, doesn't it? it you know? Plus, it, this came out so long ago, the genre on Wikipedia it falls under is emo. Well, you know, that... That is me as a child. <laughs> 100%. Listen to the song titles, Bus. Tire Down, great. Lady in a Blue Dress, amazing. You're Cute When You Scream, great song. <laughs> Buried a Lie, we saw them play that when yep. we saw them. Bite to Break the Skin, probably in my top five greatest census fail songs. So we listen to this after Rum the podcast. Is for yeah. Drinking, Not Burning, great fucking song. Yep. Slow Dance, great fucking song. New Jersey Falls into the Atlantic, I love. Let It Enfold You, title track, uh, really good. Irony of Dying on Your Birthday, oh my god, <laughs> so fucking heavy. Cool three minutes. Angela Baker and My Obsession with Fire, great. Martini Kiss, great. Great way the to end the album, The fucking yeah. album is great. Agreed. Really influential. Such a great cover, too. Right. 
really influential in my later love for girl bands. Like, I'm such a mark for this band now. Yeah. And you know that. I listen to... And them. their new album is great as well. So yeah. good, dude. I know we're not talking about that today, but they can still play. They can still play. 100%. Great story, too. Uh, Shadows Fall. The War Within. Uh, really important record. Among their early records... Among! If you, uh, if you unpack it, it's a little weak. I'm not going to lie. I did listen to it uh, this week. came out on Century Media... This was, uh, Shadows Falls, a band that was a part of that fucking uh, uh, New England metalcore scene of the early 2000s. And uh, they never fucking received the notoriety that they deserved. In my opinion, I don't think they ever got as big as they deserved to be. And that's why they are not a band now. What would you say your favorite Shadows Fall album is? Threads of Life? Close. It's Threads of Life. Yeah, Threads agreed. Life agreed. Is yeah. Perfect. Yep. Agreed. Covered. Just cover. curious. Perfect. Um, but I have a special place in my heart for Art of Balance. I have a special place in my heart for Retribution. So, uh, but this record kind of falls in between. The Light That Blinds was featured in Guitar Hero Two. It's a bonus track. So that that was popular. Uh, it's also a great opener. Uh, I also discovered, listening to the album, it is so hard to tell when the light that blinds ends and where Enlightened by the Cold starts. It feels like one song, which I hate. Really? Yeah. If you nod off, you'll be like, fuck, what am I in the middle of the album? Like, you know. Uh, And Enlightened by the Cold's a good song. Uh, What Drives the Week? One of the most recognizable... Uh, Shadows Fall riffs of all time, and one of the best Shadows Fall songs, like top ten, uh, on this album, which is weak, I think. Stillness, okay. Inspiration on demand, good song, chorus, super flat, and it bothers me. But like the song is good, instrumentally great. The chorus, never you never get the payoff you want. When he says the chorus, Inspiration on Demand, it's part of the verse, and it feels so weak. And I don't know why. I can't explain it, but I don't like that song. I never will. It just feels like it was rushed. Like, it it just doesn't make sense in my brain. I can't sing to it, because it's all, like, on a tilt. It doesn't make any sense in my brain. Listen to that song. You'll understand what I mean. The Power of I and I. Not a single should have been a single. I will always say that. The Power of I and I, track seven, should have been the single, not Inspiration On Demand. Inspiration On Demand should have been a fucking bonus track. It's trash. Uh, Ghosts of Past Failures, solid. Eternity is within. Uh, top three songs on the record. Those Who Cannot Speak, great closer. Five and a quarter minutes of fucking heaviness. Uh, a lot of, a lot of fucking bands think you need to end the album on a soft note. I tend to agree with that. This album ends it with a fucking banger. Fucking Go haymaker to end it. Fireworks, yeah. and that's what they do with this record. And then if you bought the bonus track edition, you get their cover of "Tease and Pleasing" by Dangerous mm-hmm. Toys, which is so good. Uh, a tradition that they started with Art of Balance when they covered. Um, the Pink Floyd song, uh, 
Welcome to the Machine. Yeah. Which I love. Uh, Shadowfall will always be one of my favorite bands of all time, and I don't think anyone will understand why, but they are. Um, I get it. Do you get it? I do. I had the distinct pleasure of seeing them with you, and that concert, to this day... They will, killed it. Yeah. ...will always be my favorite concert of all time. I'll never see another show that good. Nope. Killswitch Engage, reunited with Jesse Leach, they played Alive or Just Breathing in its fucking entirety, cover to cover, and... We should look fucking fall open for him. We should look up the set list. See if we can find the set list for that show Incredible. online. Yeah. We drank, that would be nuts. We drank almost an entire bottle of Crown. Was it? No, Mike was there. Yeah, it was. Didn't we drink Jaeger too? I don't remember that. I yeah. remember drinking Crown and smoking a blunt. And Which is bad for you. It been Mike's car. It definitely was. It had to have been the Saturn. the Saturn. The Saturn. We got fucked up. And I remember going inside and we ran out of cigarettes. They had... I can't remember the venue for the life of me. Um, Dude, it was the Sherman Theater. Was it the Sherman? Yeah. It was the Sherman. They. It, I don't know if it's still there. We parked in that back lot, yeah, like got, on a different got, road. We got yeah. fucking loaded. Um, there is... I don't know if it's still there, but there was um, a back door where you could go smoke. And they have that fenced in. It's a large brown fence. And uh, we ran out of cigarettes conveniently. Um, we were going to jump the fence and go buy more at a uh, corner store. And the security guard watched us the entire time and stopped us from doing that. Which I thought was hilarious. And that's one of the things that me and Mike recount. Uh, He's like, time. you don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, nah, you're right. And actually, I was the one to go over to a group of guys inside the venue and bum cigarettes. And I remember there was three of us, and the guy gave me four. Nice. I distinctly remember that because I got two, and you guys each got one. Um, remember when you used to get mad at me for smoking cigarettes? Yeah. And now, the good old days, yeah. Uh, now I was smoking under the table. Um <laughs> I also remember when Shadows Fall started and we went in to watch their set. I was so fucked up that I had the spins on my feet. And I was like gonna throw up, but I didn't. You just enjoyed the music. Yeah. What a great fucking show. Absolutely. Shadows Fall will always hold a special place in my heart. I will forever love that band till the day I die. And I will never understand why they are still not a band because of a lack of a following or whatever. Ticket sales, I believe, is the reason they broke up. Wow. They weren't getting them. Uh, what else do we got here? Bus, Slipknot, Volume 3, The Subliminal Versus, the most commercially uh, successful record for Slipknot, I believe, to this day. They, I think they won a Grammy for Before I Forget. Um I listened to the album today. The band is fine. The album's fine. Let's continue. Do you feel that way? <laughs> no, is no, I, fu- I fucking love. I don't have a serious. No, I, I love everything about this okay. band and this album. I think it's an incredible album. Here's my bitch. Okay, I'm gonna give you a chance to speak. 
on uh, on this record. I don't have to speak. Just look at the track list. The okay. track list it speaks for me. itself. Read it off to me. Well, I mean, the Prelude 3.0. Yeah, intro. Prelude 3.0. Phenomenal opening track. Yep. I fucking love it. You it, you want to fucking uh, tell me that the intros to the first record in Iowa are uh, are great with the like you want to tell me that's great fine okay I understand it it's a it's a specific mood you have to be in to listen yeah. to that whatever this is actually a good song okay that opens the record Prelude 3.0 phenomenal I cannot uh, say like put that over enough um i mean it's got 22 songs on it it is on not spotify yeah it is it, it comes in second only to the opener for all hope is gone which i still to this day will fight that that is the best record slipknot will ever write and everyone will fucking hate me for that but i don't care all hope is gone cover to cover is fucking perfect we have so much music to listen to tonight right um, but in terms of openers, there is not a Slipknot opener that is better than this song, Prelude 3.0. I firmly believe in that, if you couldn't tell why my tone yeah. continues. Yeah. Alright, let's try and fire through these. There's okay. a lot of songs. Uh, the Blister Exists. Phenomenal. Better live, though. Better live. Fair enough. 3-0. 3-0. Phenomenal. Also better live. It exists on that live record that we both love. Duality. Duality. Um, this song changed a generation. <laughs> Duality was um, the song that put Slipknot on the map. You had Before I Forget being featured in Guitar Hero. Yep. Duality created a gang. And there's another one in the middle here that I would consider... Vermilion. There you go. That's exactly what I was looking at, yeah. When you listen to Duality... And here's, I'm going to get to this in a bit, but I want to touch on it right now. Um, duality makes you feel, especially when you watch the music video, it makes you feel like you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Continue. Uh, instrumentally, it's great. The lyrics are some of the best Corey Taylor has and will ever write. Opium of the people. Opium of the people is forgettable. Circle. Circle is forgettable. Welcome. Opium of the people I can actually live with. I like it. Circle is Do not so like fucking him. forgettable. I don't care about that song at all. Welcome. Welcome is fine. I definitely... I, I like it. It's fine. Vermilion. Vermilion is one of the best songs... They've ever written. Slipknot or Corey Taylor or Jim Root or any of the fucking people involved have ever written. It is gorgeous. They can re-record it, make a part fucking 72 it's always gonna be good it's constructed so well and it's so dark big fan of the name of this next one pulse of the maggots this is what i was gonna get to pulse of the maggots is the song that opens with the uh air raid siren and Corey going this is the year that hope fails you (laughs) fails you so what what a fucking message right so in the opening to that song, it's like he's standing on a stage preaching to, like, 70,000 people. Like, this is fucking it. This is the year that hope fails you. Let's fucking rage. Like, can you just pull up the lyrics to that right now? I really yeah. want to know. I want you to read them. This is the most important song on the album. I understand what I already said about duality, but, this, like, 
You think Pulse of the Maggots Pulse is this? Pulse of the Maggots is, um, is the, it's, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Pulse of the Maggots is the entire, um, it describes the entire era of this band. What do we got? This is the year where hope fails you. The test subjects run the experiments, and the bastards you know is the hero. The, yeah, and the bastards you know is the hero you hate. Both cohesing is possible if we strive. There's no reason. There's no lesson. No time like the present. Telling you right now, what have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Except your soul. Just listen. Um. I love how we both perk up when this band comes up in any sort of conversation. When you yeah. hear the opening to Pulse of the Maggots, it makes you literally want to commit murder. Remember when I didn't care for this band? And then you went to Texas to yep. visit your brother. Yep. And you were like, <laughs> I get it, like, yeah. The, Slipknot does not have a song that makes you feel like you're a part of their family more than Pulse of the Maggots. I stand by that. When I listen to next sig break, we're I listening to it. Yeah, goosebumps. You, f- uh, it honestly actually scares me a little bit. This song. How much? How you feel fucking like into it? As you a get, gang, yeah. you could just murder yeah. an entire village of people to this song. An entire village like, of I, Tuscan Raiders. Corey Taylor, yeah. the not not just the men, but the, but the women, women and, and the, the children. children. <laughs> um, you feel like you're a part of the Slipknot family when you listen to this song and you sing along to it. it. There's such an overwhelming gang mentality when you listen to this mob mentality. Yeah. Uh, like you want to do crazy it. shit. Yeah. Cover your ears, Hipper Gore. But like, I want to kill someone when I listen to this. I really and do. Like, if the CIA just on, logged into our microphones. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, if, if this song comes on and I'm in a pit, I'm gonna fuck somebody. <laughs> They're going to need surgery when I'm done. All right. Let's continue as quickly as we can. Okay. Before I forget, probably their most well-known song. I stand by this. Best time change, bridge, whatever you want to call it. Most beautiful time change slash bridge I've ever heard in my life. You can uh, you can put a bunch of ones up there with it. Um, one of them being... Um, What's the one I always tell Gav is my favorite? Um, well, the time change in Layla, for one, um, by Derek and the Dominoes. There's there's a bunch of time changes that I claim are the greatest of all time. This is one of those. The chord progression and before I forget, in the bridge, makes me literally want to cry. <laughs> it is so pretty. Um, I don't know who wrote it, if it was Jim Root or Mick Thompson. Either way, oh my god, does it take my breath away. Um, the lyrics are really cool, but that that singular thing will always uh, stand out to me about Slipknot. That's the only, uh, that's like the biggest moment for them, in, like, personally. The album's incredible. It's, it's, it's good. Vermilion Part 2. I like it better than part one, if 
I'm being honest with you. I like Vermillion softer. Okay. I understand the heavy version. Yep. But if you listen to the version on All, All Hope Is Gone, that's a bonus track where it's Bloodstone mix with the uh, with the keyboard. It's my favorite version of that song. I actually mark that it. down. I played it when we go outside the other night. In so fucking ten fun. minutes, we're playing that. Well, I was drunk and high the other night with Mike, and I played that song, and I was like, he was like, "Oh, we're doing this." I'm like, "Yeah." Yep. Doing here this. we go. <laughs> uh, the nameless. Super underrated song. I love it. I'm just gonna continue to. The rest of them are trash. Go ahead, read The virus of life. Danger keep away. Don't care. Don't get close. Danger keep is way too long. And scream. Scream. Who cares? Okay. That's the reason that I don't Next care. Next album. If you go to the deeper cuts on Iowa, amazing. Iowa is there is uh. Is my favorite record in terms of I want to fucking lose myself in this band, but their best record is All Hope Is Gone. My favorite Iowa best record, All Hope Is Gone. All right, we're back to the list. Okay, you take us away, Ryan. All right, here we go. We're gonna wrap this up with a, a neat little bow here. Uh, Static X released a compilation record. I tried to listen to it. I fucking hated it. Um, <laughs> What do we got here? Striper, uh, live record. Yeah. If you're into uh, Christian Christian metal, um, Udo, uh, Unearth the Oncoming Storm. Uh, you think I I uh, fanboyed out and gushed about a band before? Um, Unearth, uh, probably the most underrated metal band uh, of the last twenty years. I cannot believe how overlooked these guys are. If you want to talk guitar playing, they fucking got it. You want to talk uh, lyrics and uh, vocals ability, they got it. Uh, drumming, they fucking got it. Uh, they have been so consistent for like, Jesus Christ, when did this start? This is their... Weird. There's like some. I clicked on the oncoming storm, the record we're talking about from 04, and it gave. Wikipedia gave me like some Doctor Who reference. I guess that's what they refer to the Daleks as. Holy it's shit. It's their second album. Yeah. Um, the first one is kind of hard to get through. The Stings of Conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not a tremendous mark for this band like I am, Stings of Consciousness is rough. Oncoming Storm is fucking immaculate. Uh, also produced by Adam D. Uh, Little fun fact. It's came out on Metal Blade, which tells you that somebody saw something in them if Brian Lagle, I'm sorry, Brian Slagle, uh, Signed them on Metal Blade. Um, it's like a cool 40 minutes, so it's not that long. The Great Dividers. Such a good opening track. Failure, one of their best songs. This Lime World, one of their best songs. Black Hearts Now Rain, one of their best songs. Zombie Autopilot number five was in every playlist I ever made the first ten years of my music love. Um, 
It was Zombie Autopilot was in the very first massive playlist I ever made. Um, one of the most unforgettable riffs you'll ever hear. Uh, lie to purify endless Aries, predetermined sky, false idols. Every song on this album is memorable. Uh, I cannot stress that enough. Buzz McGrath on guitar. Holy shit, has this guy been overlooked for like two decades. Uh, crazy stuff he pulls off on this album. You really hear the harmonies better in their later stuff. Um, but back then when they were so fucking hard, dude, this record's crazy. Trevor Phipps on vocals, amazing. So, uh, he, he gets the adrenaline pumping when you hear him scream. It's like nothing else in this genre. Uh, where everything starts to sound the same, it's nice to hear something that kind of feels like it belongs on its own. And uh, if you tell me that every other Earth song sounds the same, I'll slap you in the face. Like, you're so wrong. <laughs> Ken Susie and Buzz McGrath as a duo on guitar, holy shit. You'd be hard-pressed to find any other duo other than Joel and Adam in this genre that compete. Um, Jesus Christ. Fucking Mark Morton and uh, Willie Adler in Lamb of God are in that conversation. Um, Matt Bichand and... Uh, fuck. What's his name? Christ, I'll find it. Hang on. Matt Bichon. John Denai, who is now in Anthrax from Shadows Fall. John Denai, Matt Bichon. Woo! Uh, fire. Yeah, I don't I don't know that there's uh, too many duos that can hang like that, and they fucking can. Uh, 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 Jesus Christ. Um, Zachy Vengeance and... guitar player from Avenged. What the fuck's his name? Zachy Vengeance and uh, fuck. Sinister Gates. There you go. Holy shit. Uh, they, like, Unearth's guitar players belong in that category. So, if anyone can understand where I'm coming from, bus, it's you. Absolutely. You understand how serious yep. <laughs> I am when I say that. Because Sinister Gates and Zachy Vengeance, <laughs> good luck. Woo! Uh, playing better than them. Um, there's not really much else left on this list. Velvet Revolver's debut record, Contraband. That's pretty much... Super important. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, after Scott Weiland left and they were trying to find a singer, they almost uh, picked Corey Taylor. Really? To be their singer. Yeah. My, how things would be different yep. nowadays. Uh, that pretty much uh, rounds it out. That rounds it out, other than the uh, the Best of Both Worlds, Van Halen, Greatest Hits album, which we both Honorable mention, yeah. you own. Of course. That rounds out the list, though, Bus. We have uh, beaten 2004 to death. Uh, great fucking year, man. Uh, I pulled that out of my ass. I'm glad that it went as well. I know I fucking gushed and I went way over. Hey. We're, we're post three hours. Here. Incredibly influential year. Uh, musically, 
I, I think I picked 2004 mostly because uh, it was super important to molding us as music fans. Um, and we were incredibly close at that time as well. You and I were hanging out like every day. So Every day I would basically lived at your house. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I honestly can't tell you if we're going to pick another year that's going to come close to this one. But uh, you... It'll be fun to look. You will uh, you will get to select the next year that we come. Ooh, and it can I like be that. Any year. Okay. Okay? I like um, that. It doesn't uh, have to have any special meaning. It can just be a, a, a blind... Random, a blind draw. Random, close your eyes. And just like Kurtober. Just yeah. like Kurtober. Yeah. Picked out of a hat, you know? I like it. Yeah, I enjoyed and, this a lot. And, and we I, shall I, study, uh, yeah. We should rank our top ten. Really quick. All right, let's fire through it. I mean, what? How are we gonna do this? You're gonna nominate an album, or? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's gonna take us that long. Uh, Kill Switch is number one. Agreed. Okay, so you do agree with that? So I do agree with that. So. All right, so End of Heartache is number one. Uh, best album of '04. Yeah, one of the best albums of my life. Yeah. One Day Remains is probably two, yeah? Yep. Okay. No so problem. I think you know what number three is for me. For you? Probably for you, too. Break. No. It's not. Breaking Benjamin. Oh, my God. Hmm. Actually, can we... Uh... We are not alone as number three say, for me. Yeah. I was going to say flip-flop that One Day Remains, but actually I, I, I think I stand no. by what I yeah. said. I, I think, think I agree. We yeah. are not alone as number three. Yep. Because... One day remains. Is there's the not a bad song album. on the album? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're in agreement on that. Yeah. One day remains is number two because yep. it's the debut album. And Agreed. It, yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And it's perfect. So we are not alone. Not Breaking alone. Benjamin, number three. Uh, Slipknot. It's got to be Slipknot. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Um, if I'm gonna agree to volume three being the fourth. Then I'm gonna have to. Lamb of God number five. Lamb of God has yep. to be. Yep, I understand. You know I've never fully committed, but and I, I understand. On yeah, that, but it's like. Yeah. I know you can't weigh in because you just aren't that guy. Yeah. Uh, the hardcore stuff. Would you go I number know. six? Senses fail. I put unearth. Okay. That's fine. On on Earth, the oncoming storm, number six, right? That's where we're at. It has to be. The fact that it's not in the top five hurt. It's actually hurting me to write this. <laughs> but would you agree? Ah, you know what? Actually, I'd probably go Megadeth. Megadeth is in this. The top system has failed. Maybe seven. Okay, seven. System has failed. You agree with that? Yeah. Then I, I think I have to go senses fail after that. I agree yeah. with you. So okay. let it unfold to you as number eight. Yep. Um, you going damage plan after that? Just because it's the last record. Yeah. How could you nine. not? Yeah. It's got to make the top it, top ten. Yeah. It's gotta. And uh, actually, I'm gonna push that to ten. Okay. So we gotta come up with a nine. So, so we only have one more. We need a nine. Yeah, newfound power is is uh, rounds out the list of ten. Do you go mastodon? Um, because of how important it is, I have to. 
Uh, okay. I want to put Shadows Fall in the conversation, but I can't. That was the only other option, yeah. I can't. Not with that album. I agree with you. Shadows Fall misses the mark. Um, Shadows Fall is probably 11 for me. Yeah. It's between it's between that and uh, and Chevelle, honestly. Yeah. For me. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what we forgot? What? Black Label Society. Doesn't, yeah. Don't, yeah. There's better yeah. records, though. All right. That's top 20. Agreed. Oh, yeah. four. Agreed, yeah. Um, so Macedon's number nine. Yeah, Leviathan, I think, yeah. makes... makes uh, honestly, I'm going to... I think I... I would swap Mastodon and uh, and and Census Fail, but Let It Unfold You um, was such an important part of my childhood that yeah. I can't. I agree. Um, I think I think Leviathan's a better record, but uh, not as influential not as to you personally. To yeah, yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, and you know, I have a special place in my heart for concept records. That rounds out the list. Ten. Newfound Power by Damage Plan. Nine is Leviathan from Mastodon, the concept record on Moby Dick. Uh, eight is Census Fail with Let It Unfold You. Seven is uh, The System Has Failed, the comeback record from Megadeth in 2004. Uh, six is The Oncoming Storm from Unearth, their second record. Super important, and I, uh, I, I talked enough about it. I won't continue to bore you with that. Uh, five is Ashes of the Wake. From Lamb of God, uh, just an incredible album. Uh, four is the third album, Volume Three, from Slipknot, the album that gave them uh, fucking Grammy looks, dude, with uh, the Subliminal Versus, one of the hardest records of all time. Three is We Are Not Alone for Breaking Benjamin, their second record, which followed up Saturate and gave them uh, major radio play with So Cold. Um, two. The debut record from Alterbridge, uh, the remnants of uh, of Creed, uh, from the f- the ashes rise to uh, Ro- Rose of Phoenix in Alterbridge with uh, One Day Remains and Miles Kennedy uh, became uh, one of the best frontmen in the game. Man uh, left the band the Mayf- Mayfield Four to to join uh, Alterbridge and uh, for the better. Uh, he is he has. An, his life would never have been the same had he not entered Alter Bridge, and our lives wouldn't be the same without One Day Remains, man. This record still Pretty. holds up, man. Still fucking puts uh, goosebumps on my, my arms, man, when I listen to it. The opening track is fucking killer. Uh, some of Mark's best guitar playing to this day. Um, and number one, the most influential record in, in uh, brand... Brand, Brand's life, uh, Mike's life, my life, and a fartache. Uh, the, the emergence of Howard Jones as a frontman. The, uh, the first record from Killswitch Engage we ever heard, and uh, just so important. I mean, I, I went out and bought uh, the, the, uh, set this world ablaze live. Uh, DVD slash documentary after I heard this record. I was all in, man. Uh, first concert I ever went to uh, was uh, Mayhem Fest featuring uh, Killswitch on the headline bill. Man, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, 
I don't know if uh, there's ever going to be a band uh, more important in my heart than Killswitch Engage, and that, that they remain at number one for 2004. Super important album. If you have not heard it, do yourself a favor, check them out. Check the rest of these records out. It's a good time, man. Uh, some of the, some of the best music uh, of my life came out this this uh, this year. So uh, yeah, give them a spin, man. And uh, like uh, Brandon and I have mentioned many times during this uh, this very long episode, so bear with me. If you want to be a part of uh, of this podcast, if you want to weigh in, if you want to suggest a topic, a year, uh, an album that you want us to to delve into, if you want me to talk about. Or check out a specific band if you want to even just say what's up uh, at me. You know, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm always on. I'm checking it every day. Ryan Talks Rock on Twitter. You can find me. And uh, Bran, welcome back to the pod, man. This is the trifecta. You're back. It's I'm, good to be back, Ryan. I'm glad to have you back. We've had beers. We've had laughs. We've had fun. Uh, a couple of menthols. A couple of menthols, you know. Yeah. We talked some Dawson's Creek, you know. I got Dawson right on top of my laptop. The the complete series on DVD came in the mail today. I got, I've never been so excited. It's a glorious day. My pants yeah. got tighter. I opened it. I tell you that. Uh, I will come at you. Ooh, I want to say next week. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold prediction and say Brandon is gonna keep me honest. Whoa. We're gonna release this thing again in a week. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that right now. I think I think we're gonna make it happen. Um, probably earlier rather than later because I will probably be in Binghamton next weekend. Uh, gonna go see my family, and uh, there's not a lot of time for a podcast when you're traveling. So I think Brandon and I are trying to crank this out uh, pre weekend. Cool. Uh, and we'll we'll uh, discuss at length the Foo Fighters album. There is nothing left to lose. And probably unpack some uh, new albums that have come out. Probably not. I think I looked. Probably not. For the rest of the year, I don't think there's anything notable coming out, which is a bit of a disappointment, but it gives us a chance to uh, look at some older records, ones that are more important to us. Dive a little bit deeper. You know, take that, peel back the curtain a little bit. Peel back the... uh, Brush off the dust on some of the CDs you've got uh, in your uh, your rack at home. Actually, I'm the only one with CDs still. Everyone probably sold theirs to a fucking Goodwill store. I don't care. I'm a helpless, hopeless corrupt collector here. Cor- corrupt <laughs> yeah. politician. Yeah. Uh, the beer is starting to uh, affect my speech. Um, <laughs> Which means it's time to go. It's time yeah. to go. Brandon, thanks for uh, being on. Uh, this won't be the last time. Weekly from here on out, if you're if you're in for it, let's do it, brother. Uh, I know all eight of my listeners would appreciate that. Until next time, uh, Brandon, uh, you want to say anything else before yeah. I sign this fucker off? Uh, I'm Rybone. You've been bus, <laughs> and this has been a great time. Yeah, let's absolutely. get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah. Keep rocking and stay metal, as I always say. Uh, Ryan talks rock. We'll uh, we'll be back. Shaka. <laughs>